0: Hello, and welcome to the Hive Radio Storytellers Podcast. Each month, we select a theme and our group create and record fictional pieces for your listening pleasure. I am David By, and I have the pleasure of taking you through our theme for March, New Beginnings. Few things signify a new beginning more than moving house. However, if you're not careful... The process can be full of pitfalls.
1: A moving experience. Friends, Geordies, countrymen, lend me your ears. Alas, I come to mourn the month of March not to praise it as a tell of a sorry saga which might serve as a warning to all about the perils of both failing to heed a historical warning and failing to plan a downsizing or new beginning of sorts, properly. This tale concerns myself and a couple of relatives whom I've lived near or with for a great many years. Too many. To protect the guilty parties, grudgingly I admit, there shall be none here as Tom and Marie. The latter of these two, already and nothing's ever good enough for a type, Queen of Complainers, found a few years ago that both her decrease in mobility and eyesight were making our home now impractical for her needs, so we'd have to find somewhere more manageable. A dharma bungalow, one with a couple of extra rooms for Miss cell upstairs, a mile or so away from where we lived, would do fine, we thought. <sighs> if only we'd had the wonders of hindsight, we might have considered the following which I offer here as a form of consumer advice and not just a way of letting off steam. Honest. 1. Never just view a property when the sun shines in daylight without enough forward planning. For some mad reason, it naively never occurred to us when we made our final choice that we'd need the kitchen repainting, several new carpets put in place, all the lighting replaced with brighter lights for Marie, new heaters installed everywhere, several pieces of furniture replacing or being added, new steps out back and front, and a lot of the previous occupant stuff disposed of before we could even move into the property. Because I'd foolishly let these older, but not wiser, relatives arrange these things, I assumed they'd prepared for most of this in advance, rather than not at all by the day of moving. Speaking of which... Two. If possible, ensure all major changes needing to be made to your new home are made before moving day. Otherwise you could, as we did, wind up having to seek out a hotel after the moving day while things get sorted. All of which cost us over a five week period an extra £1,700, an expense no one had foreseen. <sighs> Great planning that. Three. Obviously. Dennop just picked the best value removal firm available. Try one with some care or proven track record of a clue about their work. For legal reasons. And they must surely have had some days in court by now. Let's just say they were a removal firm run by a Mr. Rick Leslie and a Miss Anne Argument. Appropriate pseudonyms, if not else. Only a couple of hours late, with no explanation, they turned up in a van little bigger than you'd expect a plumber to use. Tom, the great organiser, then found the keys had been misplaced to our new home by its departing owner, causing a delay of another few hours before they returned for the second of four loads. This bunch of part-time hired jokers then, helpfully, dumped our possessions wherever they could in the bungalow's grounds, even after it was opened up, leaving several large pieces of furniture in the front garden and, naturally, most of my bed resting perpendicular against the wall in the tiny hallway, so you could barely squeeze in. And how was I supposed to use it there? I've heard of sleeping on your side, but that's ridiculous.' The sight on entry was similar to several skips being emptied into a person's living room, bedroom, etc. While a shed and greenhouse in the garden still dear, benefit from that modern artistic representation of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s vibe. They're run down and mostly boarded up. And for, while I could highlight many other things, I'll return to where I started. Were you lad Shakespeare? Dinner move in March. The 15th was a fateful day. Oh, aye, the exact date Julius Caesar was done in. Like we felt done in. By the time we finally got to our bungalow at 10pm that night, with all the mess, no hot water, no heating on, dim lighting, a kitchen of greasy, tacky surfaces which couldn't be removed with any amount of scrubbing, only a few chairs and our coats to sleep on or in, and i and surely they call this March 15th evening this century, during which none of us slept, even though we'd not slept for days by then. A spring month? Ha! It didn't feel like it. Things did, of course, get sorted out. Eventually. Yet one good thing did come out of all the mess. You see, if I hadn't been so desperate to get away from this scene and our Marie the Mourner, I might not have joined her. A- certain fledgling audio drama group just two months later. And then you, ultimately, dear listener, wouldn't have had to endure this rambling lament. So, if you want to blame any one or thing for my taking up your time on these podcasts, you can blame, well, our great organiser, those removal men, our collective naivety and astonishing lack of forethought, or perhaps just the Ides of March, and the curse which hit us when seeking pastures new. Beware, you did not have to be a Roman leader on that infamous date to feel like someone's got it in for you.
0: Moving Experience Written and performed by Andrew Ball Anne Ridley has sent us New Springs for Old, which is the actual tale of a well-loved uncle, long gone now, but the mattress shopping experience will forever stay with her.
2: New beginnings can evil apply to a mattress. This poem is called New Springs for Old. Uncle Joe is 95. He's mighty chuffed to be alive. He's held together by the NHS. We're off to buy a new mattress. <laughs> The old one lasted decades with lovely Auntie Vera. Burden's eased and bends conceived, his life has lasted longer. Young salesman looks bewildered when Uncle must explain the aches and twinges in his bones, the springs that cause him pain. I'm after a comfy mattress. He doesn't like any fuss. He lies on one and then another, once it's settled without the bother. A solid man, a tall man. He wriggles on the bed. Relax on it, we tell him. Oh, that's too soft, he said. He needs to turn it, not too heavy. Needs support, never to sink. We bounce along beside him. (laughs) Decision time is on the brink. At last, a mattress chosen. Its name is Jubilee. Cash, cash. To the patient salesman, we're off for a cup of tea. (laughs) Written and recorded by Anne Ridley. Sound effects by Mike Ridley.
0: For many of us, the new beginning starts with summoning up the courage to leave the
1: house. Victoria by Delphine Blankensault. Read... By Andrew Ball Miss Victoria Crumple is annoyed. Earlier, she had walked her old honey Labrador Monty into submission in the Bodicker woods that surrounded her cottage, practising her arguments and replies to scalpel blade precision on the silent birches and frowning oaks until they were honed to her satisfaction. Now, in the kitchen, Nelson the Cat on his window sill stops washing his ears to stare at Victoria as she laces up her sensible town shoes. But he really doesn't care, so resumes his obsession with licking his fur in the basking heat sunshine. She reaches up for her ancient, bone-coloured trench coat, buttons it tight and makes sure that the belt is fitting snugly to keep away the future cold outdoors. She decides that she doesn't need mittens yet, but a scarf would look chic. So, green or brown? Ah, green. So that's it. She's ready. She glances in the hall mirror critically and primps her bouncy set curls to perfection. Now she returns to the kitchen, where she pats Monty bye bye, who raises his head with a sleepy grin and wags his tail heavily just twice before lowering once more to his rabbity dreams in the musty woods. She locks the door briskly and stomps off down the road, counting the time she has listened to that blackguard hypnotist's tape. Was it nine or ten? Oh, she forgets. But on no occasion did she start to feel sleepier and sleepier. Nor did her right foot feel warmer and warmer than the rest of her body. You see, her confidence has ever been a wispy thing. So this assertiveness tape should be helping. It isn't. So today, Miss Victoria Crumple is going to demand her money back.
0: Victoria, written by Delphine Blenkinsop and performed by Andrew Ball. In this next piece, family provides both challenge and support as a teenager sets out on a new life adventure.
3: As Kim stepped on the train, found her seat and settled down to her journey, she thought, how would it come to this? And as the miles disappeared, she went over it all. Only a few months ago with her mother, she had visited her family in the Northeast. They stayed at her grandma's house, spending the days with uncles and aunts and cousins. It was great being part of a big family. She was an only child, and it was so different having others around that cared about her. Nighttimes had been fun, going out to working men's clubs, where one of her uncles had played the organ with a drummer to support the singers. She'd never had nights like them. There'd even been the day trip to Scotland, which was much closer than she'd thought. Only a couple of hours' drive away. Back home to her normal life. It seemed quite boring, quiet. She went to work, saw friends now and then, and curled up on the couch with a good book to fill in time. Holidays are different to day-to-day lives, aren't they? Mm. A letter arrived. The family had had a great Christmas, altogether. It would have been nice if you'd been able to get there. Never mind, come back and see us soon. After reading it, all she'd said to her mother was, it was good fun when we were there. It could be lovely living near everyone. Coming home from work the following Friday, there was a for sale sign in the front garden. Her mother was at the dining room table, smoke hung in the room from cigarettes, along with a strong smell of coffee and tweed perfume. Did you see the sign? They've been quick, haven't they? What happened now? Kim had asked. She'd expected to hear that the mortgage or other bills hadn't been paid and they were going to have to find somewhere else to live. Again. But no, they weren't running from the bailiffs this time. The memory of hiding from them when they came to take the car away would be with her forever. It was going to be an opportunity to start somewhere new and they would have the money to do it. They were to move to the north to be with the family. "'You said it would be good to live with them "'and you could get a transfer to work up there,' "'her mother had declared, with an air of, "'you've only got yourself to blame.' "'Her mother had put the house on the market, "'spoken to our brother, "'and he was off looking for somewhere to live "'close to grandma's. "'The next few weeks were a blur. "'She'd spoken to our manager, "'who sorted out an interview at the company's factory "'near Newcastle within days. "'The next few weeks were a blur. "'She'd spoken to our manager,' who sorted out an interview at their company's factory near Newcastle, within days? Transport had also been arranged. She would get a lift with one of the salesmen. She'd been scared out of her wits when her workmates told her that he wore a prosthetic leg the day before they were due to leave. She spent a sleepless night worrying about how he'd managed to drive a car. It was an automatic. (laughs) She travelled up, had the interview, stayed overnight with her grandma, and then south the next day. When she arrived back home, her mother was beside herself with excitement. They had a buyer for the house. It was time to pack up and clear out her childhood memories. That's what it felt like, anyway. No, she couldn't keep the dolls and books. There wouldn't be anywhere to keep them, not if they were moving into a flat. Yes, she could keep the cuddly line she'd be given by Stewpot Stewart when he visited the hospital. She was in, getting her teeth taken out. All the possessions would be put into storage until they found a place to live. In the meantime, they could live with Grandma. Her workmates took her out for drinks on her last day and presented her with a lovely gold chain bracelet. With tears and lots of good luck wishes, she made her way home. When she arrived, her mother wasn't there. Apparently, she'd gone to the bingo and would be home later. In the same note, it said, The sale has fallen through. We can't move just yet. But what about our new job? It's due to start in two weeks' time. Could our mother not have waited to tell her? Of course not. She always left notes and disappeared when it was bad news. So what happens now, she'd thought. Then the phone rang. It was our uncle. At least her mother had rung him to let him know what was happening and to ask if he could do anything to help. His idea was that Kim could stay with his family until her mother could sort out the house. Then she could start the new job on the day planned. No problem they lived within walking distance of the factory it would be better than going to stay with grandma all she needed to do was to pack her case get a train to newcastle and he would collect her from there when her mother eventually got home she had already packed a case with what she would need and was ready to leave they had a massive argument both blaming each other for what had happened as she walked out the door her passing shot was that she was going now like it or not and if her mother ever got sorted out she would see her then it had been scary waiting at the railway station she left home at ten-thirty at night the next train to london wasn't till six-thirty in the morning at least she'd remembered to take her best thick coat and the waiting-room was warm as the announcement came over the tannoy next station newcastle kim collected her things together maybe she should have rung her uncle to let him know she was coming had she been stupid should she have stayed with her mother it was too late now for second thoughts it would be a new beginning for her she was 18 soon, and the
0: northeast was her oyster. On a Whim, written and performed by Lily Moon. We began by looking at the stresses involved in moving house. However, being homeless can provide an entirely different level of stress.
1: Forever Home. By Lorna Wyndham. Hello? Do you see me on my plastic sheet as you walk by day after day? The lanes narrow, a cemetery for cars. Easy to miss me. One of the lost and forgotten, I suppose. Life hasn't always been kind. I had a family of four once. Five, counting me. But the pattern of our lives changed. Strangers mooched on sidewalks. Kids sped between them on bikes. Shadows of people stood frozen, hung over benches in parks or lay as if dead in the road. My home lost its laughter. Meals? Haphazard or non-existent? Voices rose. Doors slammed. Then one day, nothing. Just me. Do you see me? Snow and ice can make the lane impassable. Rain turns the rutted track to mud. It's difficult for you, I know. Sometimes I stand on the corner and stare at shoes and cars as they go by. No one stops. Well, I'm not how I was. Well groomed. Used to look my best. Hang on. That Ford Mustang's reversing. It stopped. Best hide. I hug the wall, my security blanket through the winter.
2: Hello, buddy. Don't be scared.
1: I don't recognize her high-pitched voice. She takes a step forward, and I cower.
2: You're shivering. I've come to help.
1: I stare at a rusty can, a garbage bag, anywhere but at her. I need a hand, any hand, but trust ain't easy. Not now. She throws a chunk of something near an oily pool. My nose twitches at the rich, meaty aroma. I drool, stretch, and gobble it up. More chunks land further away on a piece of cardboard. I can't resist them. pad forward. Don't notice the noose or how it tightens. Just fill my hollow belly until it aches. Their soft hand strokes my head. I'd forgotten how nice this is. I'm snuggled in a rug, lifted and held. She smells of flowers, but takes me to a place that has an unnatural stink. I tremble. A man in a white coat pats my back, looks in my eyes and in my ears and mouth.
0: Good boy. I ain't gonna hurt ya.
1: His voice is deep. His hands gentle as they moved down my body.
0: Well, Myrtle. he ain't chipped. He just needs love and care.
1: She takes me to her house, full of strange smells. Places water and treats in front of me. Then washes, dries, and clips my coat. Every day we go for short walks. All she can manage.
2: You're so handsome.
1: She says and her fingers scratch behind my ears. When she stops, I let my tongue brush her hand. She kneels beside me.
2: You're just like my poor Bill. I'll look after you, buddy. No old pickup truck's gonna harm you.
1: She glances at a photo on her dresser. Looks like a family of four. No, five. The pit bull has a resigned look and wears a pink tutu. My tongue licks Myrtle's
2: cheek. Oh, Bert you've found your forever home.
1: She flings her arms open wide. I jump into them and am locked in her embrace for what seems hours. The hall mirror reveals the gruesome story. I have my pride. A dog has to have some dignity. I head for the open road, as I know that Myrtle will find solace with her next rescue dog. So, if you see a pit bull with a diamante collar and red nail polish, leave him alone. This one rolls in dirt, paddles in streams, and chases rabbits in his forever home. (coughs) In Forever Home by Lorna Windham you heard Andrew Ball as the rescued dog, Anne Ridley as Myrtle, and David By as the vet. No animals were harmed in the making of this production. Although, to be fair, we sure gave a darn good beating to a few American accents, didn't we?
0: We hope you enjoyed our look at New Beginnings, and we look forward to our next theme of childhood memories next month. If you've enjoyed our podcast please let us know. You can email on hive-radio-storytellers at outlook.com or leave comments on our Facebook page. Search for Hive Radio Storytellers. Our group meets every Wednesday, virtually at the moment. If you're interested in getting involved in writing, performing, or producing audio drama and podcasts, you can email on hive radio underscore storytellers at outlook.com or leave comments on our Facebook page search for Hive Radio Storytellers